You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. All right, Kentucky falls on the road 65-60 to to the LSU Tigers, 1-1 one one in SEC play, 11-3 on the season, and I'm probably probably going to rant for the majority of this podcast. I feel like I just got robbed. Like, I feel like I was not expecting anything. I felt like I was expecting just, you know, a relatively relaxed time, right? I was just hanging out at my home, just kind of sitting on the couch, eating a bag of Cheeto puffs. And like the, and I'm talking about the family size, right? I'm talking about the big bag of Cheeto puffs. And I'm just sitting there hanging out, no idea that I could potentially be getting robbed. And bam, somebody busts in and takes all my stuff. They take my starting point guard. They take my starting shooting guard for the majority of the game. And then they hose me. The officials come in and say, yeah, that was, that was fine. The police come in and they say, you know what? It's all okay, Lance. It's going to be okay because that's legal. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into what we saw in the first half. Again, Kentucky losing on the road in Baton Rouge. Just a very, very sloppy first half. I literally have it here on my notes. It literally just says in all caps, sloppy. It was not a good performance by either team for the majority of the first half. Kentucky was was really sporadic in transition. It just not a lot of flow on the offensive end. And even when they got into the half court, uh, Kentucky was just not, they, they, they felt like there was so much built up tension and pressure and it just didn't really look like anything was going right and obviously that's going to come with such a hostile road environment and we talked about that on yesterday's show we talked about how dangerous this environment was for for Kentucky how dangerous this defense was and how much pressure they can put on you physically and mentally and we talked about how difficult it was to win on the road in SEC play uh, like we mentioned on yesterday's show Kentucky four and six on the road last year they've started off uh, zero and one uh, in SEC play on the road this season absolutely no consistency whatsoever in transition for the Wildcats early. I mean, it was just, it was, it was poor. It was awful. And Kentucky wasn't turning the ball over, but the shot selection, my goodness, Kentucky, what was going on in transition? I mean, we're putting up random floaters. We're putting up jumpers in the middle of the lane with three guys with with a hand on us. Like we're putting up stupid shots, right? Like they, they, they were just some dumb decisions made in transition. And then severe Wheeler, an injury. Uh, I, I did not see what injury it was. I'm hoping that uh, that Severe is able to recover quickly, praying for Severe Wheeler. Um, but but that was a huge blow in a time where Kentucky was just falling apart offensively, right? Uh, so, so it was just a very, very rough go for the first 10 minutes or so of this game and for the majority of the first half. And let me tell you why I was frustrated with uh, the way Kentucky was playing playing in transition. Not only were they not putting up great shots, right, but they would go immediately into the paint, right? They would go immediately looking for Shebae. They'd go looking for something from Keon Brooks or somebody inside the paint. LSU would collapse their defense. It's an aggressive defense that puts their hands on you, and they play very, very physical. You're not allowed to put your hands on people oftentimes, right? Those, get, those were uh, called as fouls back in the day, but the officials apparently, they just... Uh, were either blind or they just didn't care today. I don't know. I was just, man, this game was frustrating. But Kentucky would get the ball inside, and the defense would collapse for LSU. And Kentucky, the, the whoever had the ball, or the multiple players within the paint that, that could have possessed the ball at the time, didn't look outside 
to see uh, a wide open, uh, a wide open, uh, wide open Ty Ty Washington, a wide open Kellen Grady. Heck, even Keon Brooks, who apparently is the king of the mid-range two-point jumper, he could have kicked it out to him. Let him take one step inside the arc and knock down, knock down the three or a two. Excuse me. Kentucky was just all out of sorts on offense to begin this game, uh, and it, it, it kind of st- it kind of bled into the second half. And obviously, Kentucky went on the road uh, run in the second half, and we'll talk about that. But offensively. I feel like Kentucky did not handle this game well whatsoever. I mean, it was just left and right, just, just dumb decision after dumb decision. And if we had just settled down, if we would just calm down and just try and run our sets, just try and run something, Kentucky probably would have been fine. They probably would have been just fine. Shebway kept Kentucky in this game, both rebounding the basketball and and uh, scoring points early in this game until he picked up a second foul. And we talked about that on yesterday's show. Shebway getting into foul trouble literally, literally put a quote graphic out about it, saying that we cannot let we cannot let this happen. We cannot let this happen. Two fouls, get him out of the game. He's got four points. Yeah, step uh, make him te- make him step out. Uh, Tyler Thompson uh, of Kentucky Sports Radio tweeted this out, and I wanted to put it down here. Plus ten minutes without Severe Wheeler and Oscar Shebway in a hostile environment, aka Kentucky's worst nightmare. Time to see how they respond. Well, they responded in the second half, but uh, this team did not respond very well, and we'll talk about that more uh, later on in the show. LSU fouled a ton in this game, and I told y'all, I told you. This is the way that this game was going to go. It was not going to be a fun game to watch. It was going to be very oddly paced. We would be flying up and down the floor at times, and then there would be intervals where we would be sitting there for three to five minutes wondering why is there a foul every other 10 seconds. And LSU, uh, we talked about this on yesterday's show, they like to foul a lot, and they had eight fouls in the first 10 minutes. So they were on pace to have 16 fouls in the first half. Kentucky, at the 10-point interval in the first half, had three fouls, and I tweeted out about this. I said, watch the foul discrepancy even up. This is exactly what happened in the Auburn game. This is exactly what LSU does. They play physical defense. They start to collect fouls, and the, the officials feel like they have to make things up, right? And they start to even things out. But LSU's going to continue to play physical defense. They're going to continue to hound you. And so things may look like fouls. Things may be fouls, but the officials... Hey, they, they just aren't going to call it. They, they, they just aren't going to call it. And at the end of the first half, wouldn't you know it, LSU had picked up only three fouls, and Kentucky had three fouls at the interval, at the 10-minute interval, right? They had nine at the end of the first half. So it was 11 fouls to nine, and halfway through the first half, it was eight fouls to three. I'm not going to blame the officials for the the outcome of this game, Surely, I think the officiating could have been better. Uh, I, I, I do believe that Kentucky's inability to knock down shots and, and have sa- sound, conscious, Division One level basketball uh, shot selection, uh, I think that was the reason why Kentucky lost this game. But the officials, I think, played also a little bit of a part in it. Kellen Grady, bless him, man. He, he, um, he was not playing well in the first half. Um, he he did not play well in the first half. He played better in the second. I'll give him that. He started knocking down the sh- some shots, and that's why he's going to be valuable down the stretch. Um, very, very, very pleased with the way that Grady has played throughout this season. But 0 for 7 from the floor in the first half, 0 for 6 from 3, um, was just not simply, it, it was just simply not going to get it done. And I, I'm going to go on one little more rant here, and I'll try, I'll try and settle down. But Lance Ware, 
I, I want I want to to very calmly here talk about Lance Ware. So he had seven, eight, nine minutes in the first half, and it produced two fouls, two turnovers, and he was 0-4 from the free throw line, had two points, two rebounds. But two fouls and two turnovers did not make one of his four free throws. He has got to be able to get that together, especially with all the other SEC games coming up on the road. Kentucky mentally can just not fall apart from the free throw line on a given night. If you're not shooting well, you need those free throws. Kentucky shot 20 of them. I'll tell you how many they made later on in the show. It's not good. Uh, but, but, but Lance Ware, you've got to be able to settle down, buddy. Play within your role and play within your role well. That's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to make two of those free throws, right? Could have been crucial at the end of this game. It was a five-point loss. Could have been crucial. We need guys like Lance Ware to step up. Speaking of guys that stepped up, we're, we're going to go ahead and head to break here in just a second, but Jacob Toppin, fantastic minutes in the first half, understanding your role, playing within your role well, and knocking down your shots. Now, Jacob Toppin had 13 points and was 6 of 6 from the floor, and you're not going to get that from your reserve players, right? But you should expect them to play efficiently. You shouldn't expect them to go 0 of 4 from the free throw line. Shout out to Jacob Toppin, having a step up in this game and playing very, very well, uh, at least in my opinion. Took Kentucky 12 minutes in this game to uh, for the Wildcats to finally calm down. And Ty Ty had a really hard time controlling the offense and, and looking for his own shot at, this, at the same time, considering he is naturally, at least in my opinion, a shooting guard. I know he's a combo type of guy, but he really thrives in that shooting guard role. One of 11 from three in the first half for the Wildcats. We talked about this in the Notre Dame game, two of 19. Uh, from uh, from uh, three on the day against the Fighting Irish just a couple weeks ago. That's not going to cut it. Did not cut it today here, one of 11 in the first half. We're going to talk about the second half uh, in just a second and how frustrating uh, the second half was as well. Uh, but first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even maybe maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are also covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many different flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what's new on their website. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Kentucky fans, let me tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. 
get upside. If you have get upside as all locked on Kentucky listeners should, then you should be making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now and use promo code score and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free using promo code college to get up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime as well to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, or Amazon, or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code COLLEGE to get $0.50 a gallon back cash back on your first tank. Again, that's uh, code COLLEGE to get $0.50 a gallon cash back on your first tank tank. All right, moving along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. So the second half, we mentioned the first half and how it was sloppy. I got it on my notes here. It was sloppier in the second half. Although I will say Kentucky came out swinging and at one point they built a lead, almost a 10-point lead. They had a 9-point lead at some point in this game. and uh, I believe it was past the under-16 timeout. Kellen Grady Talked about him in the first half, 0 of 7 from the field. Well, he fit, hit his first three uh, at the under six un, under the 16-minute uh, uh, timeout in the second half. Then he hit another, another. And then a couple of minutes later, he hit another, hit another. And Kentucky was shooting really well from three uh, in the second half. At one point, they were 6 for 11 uh, from downtown in the second half. Kentucky did a really good job until late playing defense without fouling. They only had two fouls. Uh, in the second half with seven minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the game. But it was not the defense that was the issue in the second half. It was the offense. And I want to pull up the overall numbers from this game, and I want to break down here some of these shooting percentages from Kentucky, and I want to talk to you guys about the run that the LSU offense had as opposed to the Kentucky offense. Okay, so Kentucky... Uh, finished the day shooting 36.2% from the floor, 33.3% from three, and 50% from the free throw line. They were 10 of 20 from the free throw line. None of those numbers are going to cut it, especially on the road, in the SEC, in Baton Rouge against a top 25 opponent. Those numbers are not going to cut it. Sean Vinsel of Hoops Insight, we're going to have him on the show here in about a week to talk about, uh, I believe we're going to preview the uh, Kentucky-Tennessee uh, matchup. Could be fun. But he tweeted out this, and I want to—I just want to tell you guys about it. He said, quote, Remember Wheeler was out of the game when Kentucky built the 50-41 to lead. Not having him or Ty Ty Washington hurt, but a great college team has to be able to score more than three points over 10 minutes, end quote. And Sean is right on the money. Severe Wheeler was out. Right? And Kentucky built that lead. Ty Ty Washington steps out. He's got cramps or something to that effect. Kentucky, if they are going to prove themselves as a legitimate basketball team in the Southeastern Conference and a legitimate basketball team on the national stage, given their name brand, given their their, their players, given the, the recruits that they brought in, given their record, given their, their 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 prestige, if they're going to prove that they are Kentucky basketball, you gotta be able to do better than that you got to be able to produce more than that down the stretch. At the 13-minute and 8-second mark, 
Kellen Grady hit a three to get Kentucky to 50 points on the night. At the 3 minute and 55 second mark in the second half, Kentucky had 52 points. So from the 13 minute mark to the under four timeout, Kentucky had scored a two points, a whopping two points. And I know that LSU was first in the nation in defensive efficiency. We know that. We talked about it. We know that they play good defense. But again, I want to go back to, to what I just said. No team that wants to assert themselves as a legitimate contender scores two points from the 13-minute mark in the second half to the four-minute mark in the second half. That just doesn't happen. It's unacceptable. For the state of the program, for the players that you have on roster, that is unacceptable. I understand the the environment. I understand what's at stake. And I understand how good LSU's defense is. That does not happen. It was directionless. A directionless offense for Kentucky without Severe severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. And that's not good. To not be able to dig into your bench and to be able to pull out at least more than two points worth of offense... I mean, it just goes to show how valuable those two guys are. But it was directionless. There was a 20-3 to run over the span of 10 minutes for LSU at one point. Kentucky scored five points. Five points at one point in the second half over the span of 13 minutes. And again, 10 of 20 from the free throw line came back to bite them late. And then there was this weird sequence at the end of the the, uh, second half where Kentucky, uh, I believe Davian Mintz, knocked down a three. It was 61-58 to 58 in LSU's favor. And LSU pushes the ball up the court. They get it inside. So, uh, Oscar Shibway gets a steal, tries to throw it ahead. It almost goes out of bounds. Uh, I believe Kellen Grady eventually picks it up, or somebody does, and then they get it to Grady. His three is blocked. Or it, before that, uh, it's, it's, it's all, it almost goes out of bounds. And then LSU picks it up, and then they get a dunk. And then, and then Kentucky turns that over again, and LSU gets a dunk. And then we push the ball up the court. Kentucky or Kellen Grady gets a three block. The clock stops. Kellen Grady puts up another shot, and the clock runs out. Thought there was a foul at some point during that sequence. Thought we would have had a stoppage of play, but no. No, that's just the way the game ends. You had a shot to win it. You had the ball, and then just boom, 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 game's over. It was really painful to, to, to see the way that that game ended. Really, really painful to see the way that the game ended. <sighs> what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? It was a tough loss. And if Severe Wheeler had been healthy and played, we would have won that game. I believe that. Because we would not have been been throwing the ball around uh, on offense. Now, we didn't have a ton of turnovers on the day. At least in the first half. At one point in the first half, LSU had only forced two steals. And that's a team that forced... Forces 12.5 steals per game. Eventually, LSU finished the game with 11. So, tells you how good the second half went. Uh, Kentucky had 15 turnovers on the day. So did LSU. LSU with 20 fouls. Kentucky only 11 assists. And you'd like to think, Severe Wheeler was in this game, that they would have had a couple more assists. The offense would have flowed a little bit better. It would not have been so congested in the paint, and we would have actually gotten some threes up and knocked down. 33.3% is not terrible. You'd like to expect better than that. And it's tough to see late also 
LSU, who's not a good three-point shooting team, just knocked down like two or three threes in a row. I mean, that's just killer. That is killer. 39.1% from the day uh, on the day from three for LSU. I mean, that is killer. Very, very disappointing loss. And we'll continue to break down what this means for Kentucky and what we'll uh, be doing looking ahead in just a second. But I want you guys to picture this. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. And if you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. So head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky here. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. And I know that I have not really shown a ton of emotion on this podcast, and I've probably not shown a ton here, at least not in my facial expressions. If you're watching on YouTube, and if you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Would really appreciate it. Uh, but this is very, this, the way this game played out was very frustrating. And we called it, right? We called it yesterday. We said this was not going to be a fun game. And then I waltzed, waltzed into it, like I mentioned at the top of the show, thinking, oh, this is going to be okay. It's a fun matchup. Look at the arena. Look at the hype. Look at the crowd. This is going to be nice and fun. And again, I'm not blaming the officials for the way this game played out, right? But there were so many instances, like, that's got to be a foul, right? Like, that's got to be a foul. We just didn't get it. We just did not get it. So moving forward, what does Kentucky have to do better? Well, for starters, they need to stop shooting so poorly on the road. And they've not had a lot of road matchups this season. But when they have, they've not shot the ball worth the rip. And we need, to, we need to figure that out, right? We need to figure out how are we missing threes consistently on the road. And we need to figure out who to get the ball to and how to just continue to knock down shots like we do at home. And I think that we are going to see Kentucky continue to rely on Kellen Grady and Ty Ty Washington in the future. And I hope that Severe Wheeler is not out. Because like I mentioned in, or earlier in the show, Ty Ty Washington is not built to run this offense. He's built to create offense of somebody else that runs it for him. And if Severe Wheeler is not playing for this Kentucky team moving forward because of injury, that scares me. That terrifies me. But I think we're going to continue to see Kentucky look towards Kellen Grady, Ty Ty Washington, Oscar Shibway, the big three. So, Severe Wheeler's going to get his if he comes back. I also want to point out something that I didn't get to point out in the first half really quickly is that LSU's big three. We highlighted them. Xavier Pinson, Tari Eason, Darius Days. They're three leading scorers, by the way. They were combined four of 13 from the field in the first half. And Tari Eason was a problem uh, for, for, for LSU. Finished with 13 points. Tari Eason did 4 of 9 shooting. Xavier Pinson, 11 points, 5 of 11 shooting. Darius Days, 9 points, 
three of 12 shooting, but all three of those shots were threes. Also had seven rebounds and two assists. So you notice there in the second half, those three started putting up a lot more shots than they started going in. You've got to be able down the road to control the star powers on the opposing team. Especially on the road in SEC play. You've got to be able to figure out how to do that. And I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm just saying that, that Kentucky has got to figure that out. <sighs> Again, really, really frustrating loss. Kentucky plays at home against Georgia on Saturday. Thank goodness that we're getting a little bit of reprieve after what was it just a frustrating night in Baton Rouge. And maybe some of you di- disagree. Maybe some of you are, are sitting there thinking, oh, well, this is okay. This is all fine and dandy. Like, we're just going to move on and, and everything's going to be okay. Man, this was frustrating. This showed a lot of flaws with this with this t- with this team. And I think that we are going to overall, I think this team's going to be okay moving forward. I think they're going to be fine. But they've got to make some corrections. Uh and it was just a just a not a good showing consistently on the road not shooting the ball well. Lose one of your best players, lose one of your other best players for the majority of the the second half when you need to make a run. But again, it all comes back to Kentucky should have scored more than two points during that 13-minute to four-minute span in the second half. That's what it comes down to. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.